Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. A regal building downtown was once a hotbed for gossip and intrigue. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. In the early 1870s, Chicago's downtown was rising from the ashes of the Great Fire. And one of the most beautiful buildings to go up was the Bryant Block, now known as the Delaware Building at the corner of Randolph and Dearborn. The tenants of the building started normally enough, real estate and insurance companies. But just a few years later, it began developing a salacious reputation. In another installment of our series, What's That Building?, we dig into the history of the building and get some gossip. Here to spill the tea is our architecture gumshoe, Dennis Rodkin. So, Dennis, I gave the location of this building downtown, but just paint a picture for us of what the building actually looks like. Well, so it looks like a building built in the 1870s because it's got dozens of um, hooded windows, arched windows and square-topped windows lining its facade because we weren't building glass-walled buildings at the time. So to get a lot of light into an office building, you had as many windows as possible. It's taller now than it was, but the windows are stacked up the sides, and it has sort of articulated stone details. Uh, But if you were to go to Galena, Washington, D.C., any other place that was building at that time, Mm. you would see buildings like this. It looks... Italianate, but it's really sort of an American style of building. Um, and uh, and as I said, I mean, it's nearly all windows. And it was originally meant to be used for? Well, it, it would be an office building, but what we would call mixed use now, because okay. Chicago, it, people who were working downtown often were also living downtown, as they are today. But um, there would have been, most likely at the beginning, and we know within a few years there was, a mix of commercial use and residential use. Now, here's where it gets spicy. Yeah. A few years later, the building starts to get some bad press. How did that happen? This poor building is only five years old, and it is smack in the middle of downtown Chicago. It's across from a famous hotel, the Sherman Hotel. Uh, It really is. It's a prominent location. And somebody using the pen name Decency starts a letter-writing campaign to the Tribune describing the building as odorous, describing—this is one of my favorite lines—describes the building as a godforsaken rendezvous (gasps) where many loafers loll in filth and pimps and prostitutes hold nightly orgies. The building's five years old, and already it's essentially its own red light district. Dennis, can you unpack that for us? (laughs) You just said a lot. I did. Well, it, so it's really interesting. There's this sort God of... Godforsaken va- rendezvous? A God for, yeah. Well, and the letters that Decency wrote um, also describe, said, as you're walking up the street, you need you see... Again, remember, this is 1879. Um, you see naked people in the windows that uh, a mother moved into the building with her teenage daughters, and at least one of them was pulled into prostitution by oh people goodness. who lived in the building. Um, it. I mean... It sounds like um, the filthiest place in Chicago at the time. However, there is somebody else who writes to the Tribune and says, no, 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 none of that is true. So do we know whether it was true? Because that was going to be my next question. Were these just rumors or was there evidence for what was actually happening at the Bryant Block? Well, I would say there is evidence that decency, decency may have been exaggerating, but decency, this letter writer, uh, was not the only one saying these things about the building. We, there are other sort of scandalous happenings in the 1870s. There is a man 
who um, goes back to his apartment in the building and finds his wife and his stepfather, uh, as the Tribune said at the time, in flagrante delecto. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife and his stepfather were sexually involved, um, and both uh, his mother and he end up getting divorces, and the wife and stepfather marry each other. There were fights over women where men were stabbed. Um, it, it just keeps happening. So... Once again, decency may have been exaggerating, um, but decency was not the only one saying this place is full of of. I mean, I bet I am picturing, first of all, the research process that you you were going through (laughs) here and just the wild stories that you uncovered as you're digging in. Like, I mean, anything else you can share? Well, those are the main ones, really. It's just sort of repeated. Um, Decency keeps writing in and says... Uh, in the windows at any hour of the day can be counted dozens of the lowest painted dizzies that ever walked the street. Um, scores of pimps, thieves, and prostitutes live in the building. I mean, it just goes on. And again, you know, this is 1879. I think people reading this in the newspaper Work. probably got on a train as soon as they could and went right down to that corner. Oh, my goodness. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in and wondering what in the heck are they talking about, Well, we're bringing you another installment of our series, What's That Building? Yeah, I know you're probably still confused. (laughs) What does that have to do with what Dennis just said? Well, this is where we feature stories about architecture in and around Chicago. And today we happen to be talking about a downtown structure now known as the Delaware Building. And Dennis Rodkin of Crane Chicago Business is filling us in on its history. So I want to make sure that we also, while we're here, Dennis, talk about the interior of this building, especially I'm hearing about a staircase that is, is pretty cool. Oh, it's amazing. It is. So this is apparently not how the building was originally built. It was built uh, in stages, built in the 1870s, rebuilt in the 1880s. And I believe the atrium we're about to describe is primarily from the 1880s. But if you can imagine, this building is is long on on Randolph and on Dearborn. And, you know, we didn't have much artificial light, et cetera. So it's an atrium building. At the top of the eight stories is this long... Um, skylight. And then essentially the building is a donut. The offices and apartments were on the outer walls. And when you're inside, you're coming up, there wouldn't have been an elevator at the time or uh, it wouldn't have been as much used. Um, You'd go around and around the inside of the donut on these walkways Mm -hmm. up these staircases. It's it's really beautiful. Um, It it looks older now. Uh, the brass handrails are all painted, or many of them are painted green. Okay. But you can just imagine at the time, sort of going up and up and up around this spiral. Uh, and to bring even more light in, those floors you're walking on, those walkways and staircases, are all, they, they would have looked like Swiss cheese. They had glass prisms in them so that the light could Ooh, penetrate and go farther down. Most of that is covered over, but you can see them from underneath. So possibly they could be brought back. Uh, really a just a wonderful experience it 's like we have a lot of office buildings left from that period, or we have some that have atriums but uh two great apartment buildings that people know about are the Yale in Englewood and the Brewster in Lakeview that are this style where you sort of yes. walk around the inside underneath the atrium and it's it 's just really especially for Chicago winters, it would be a great way to live. My dream home has a, a winding staircase like that, too. You can get your morning walk just going yes. up and up and up eight floors I'll go and, up down and down and down and down. Several times a day, for that sure. Would work. Well, this building, though, it's now entering another phase of its life. So, what's the latest? 
it, well, it's sort of trapped in limbo. Um, there, it was bought out of foreclosure. It was it, what's called a deed in lieu of foreclosure. A, a, a corporation made of a couple of attorneys got the deed to the building instead of foreclosing on it from longtime owners. That was in 2018, and they said at the time and have said since that they would like to convert it to apartments. It's surrounded – well – it's surrounded by theaters and the Daily Center. It's a great. It would be a great spot to live in, um, and it doesn't quite work for offices anymore because it's a little downtrodden, and mm-hmm. and people rent these super fabulous high rise offices. So they want to convert it to apartments, um, and they were sort of pro- proceeding along that route. Uh, they have run into a, a strange kind of a roadblock on that corner, the corner part of the of the first floor. There used to be a McDonald's. There's still a, a jewelry store in one part of the building, but the main retail space at the ground level was a McDonald's. Mm-hmm. McDonald's closed, um, and the owners, uh, to convert this to apartments, you need two forms of egress. You need to be able to get out not just through one staircase in case there's a fire or any, any other disaster. The owners say that the way to add a second means of egress would take them about 93 square feet of this closed McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, Is McDonald's one, cooperating? Uh, according to Steve DeGraff, one of the two attorneys, really the, the spokesperson for the ownership of the building, he says McDonald's said, we're not going to reopen a restaurant in there, and yet you can't have that land or that, that square footage. We've tried to get comment from McDonald's. I've tried to find any other confirmation. We do know that Steve DeGraff, an attorney, has uh, has said that uh, McDonald's has rejected them. Although McDonald's, according to him, has said, we're not going to open a restaurant in there. Nevertheless, you can't have the space you want, that 93 and square feet. No why? Uh, according to him, no. Just They've just no. said no. Just yeah. a no. There's this general trend we know, Dennis, of, of turning former office space into housing. Is this part of that then? Yeah, and it would fit perfectly. I mean, as I said, you've got theaters, you've got the Goodman Theater across yeah. the street, you also have the Daily Center. It would it would really be a great location to live in, and that layout we talked about with the atrium would work nicely because in the winter, right. you know, we can sit out on our on our walkway with a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't add balconies because it's uh, exterior balconies because it's a landmark building. But um, so one answer is, yes, it would work well as apartments. The other answer is it probably doesn't work well as anything else. And we're not going to tear it down. It's a it's a protected landmark. Yeah. But hard to put offices in there when, uh, first of all, you know, we've got this enormous overbuild of office space yeah. right now. And office users would rather have the high rise with the, you know, the food court and, and whatever other amenities. So, uh, yeah, it would work as apartments, but it also wouldn't work as something else. Did you mention this? What, what made you want to look into the history of this building in the first place? Uh, actually, I looked into it years ago before you were here. I before was, my time? Before your time, <laughs> I was doing something called the Sexual History of Chicago, and this building fit right in. And then it comes back to the fore because of this trouble between McDonald's and the ownership. I see. Well, any sneak previews that you got for what you've got coming up next? Yes, I think I'm following you to Hyde Park. You you have a forum, a mayoral forum. That's right. I have got a couple of mayoral forums. Shameless plug, February and- 8th and 9th. The first one being at UIC, the second one being at U Chicago on the 9th. And I'm going to be sort of shadowing you doing sort of a political look at Hyde Park. Well, awesome. I can't wait for it. That is Dennis Rodkin, residential real estate reporter for Crane Chicago Business. Thank you so much.
This episode of Reset was produced and edited by Andrew Merriweather. If there's a building in and around Chicago that you've always wondered about, leave us a voicemail at 888-915-9945, and we may just do an episode about it. That's it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll have another episode for you tomorrow morning. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.